For Truth with a Texas Twang, Fireside Talk Radio, the show where women ponder the things we store in our hearts. Host Kathy Carafi invites experts to talk openly about what women care about, like how to create lifelong companionship, dealing with mental illness in our families, bullying at school, and many others. You name it, we talk about it. Listen in now as Kathy helps us find answers to our most tender questions. Welcome to Camp Crafty's Fireside Talk Radio, where our goal is to ponder over all the tried and true stuff women store in our hearts as we knit our families together in lifelong fellowship. Our favorite verse on this show is Luke 2.19, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. We want to thank Home Instead, our sponsor for this episode. Home Instead Senior Care provides trustworthy, kind-hearted senior home care services in your loved one's home. All caregivers are thoroughly screened, extensively trained, professional, and reliable. At Home Instead, it's about providing the highest quality home care services to fit you and your family's needs. Now, we are talking, my special guest today is my friend Lori Baruff. We are talking about a very important subject. Lori, thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, it's wonderful to be here. Thank you for inviting me. And the, the thing we did the other day when we did the show on uh, your story where you shared about how your son was arrested and put in jail and then miraculously the end of the story is this beautiful ministry he he has and, and it's not over yet. It's just getting started. But um, I'm not even going to share your bio because if people want to hear all the many credentials you have, they can go to that other show. I want to save the time today to talk about what you learned from your experience. I'm sorry, I didn't want to interrupt you. Just feel free. Oh, okay. I, you can just jump in there, or I can ask you really specific questions, because I want to start. Really, I'm curious. You started talking about grief on the last show, and how do you think that triggered your son's poor choices initially when he was just a little boy still? Right. When he was in eighth grade, he lost a couple friends. Um, had One passed away from an illness, and one was from an accident, and... Uh, I learned later on that I think grief was just at the root of everything that was going on in his life. And, and you know, he, I, he must have got mad at God or I don't know that he was a, a believer at that point. I don't believe he was. We went to Sunday school and church, but he was on the shirt, on my shirt tails of my faith, mm-hmm. you know, and it's important for at some point our kids have to find their own faith. And unfortunately, uh, they have to be in the pit before they realize that they need Jesus as their savior. And so that's kind of where he ended up in cell 121. Uh, but looking back, I really believe grief was a part of that. We, uh, we ha- have a tendency to compartmentalize our pain. And so there's different parts of us that carry different pain. Now, as a mom, I prayed with Rusty. We cried. We talked all about everything that had happened with his friends. And, but there was just a part of him, I think there was a friend part of him that hung on to some grief and was maybe angry at God. And he just started turning the other way and making all those bad decisions. So he ended up in cell 121, and I was praying one day, and the Lord put on my heart Colossians 121. Uh, 
121, I thought was a significant number. And this is perfect. Oh, yeah. I'll read it to you real quick. It says, you yourselves are a case study of what he does. At one time, you all had your back turned to God, thinking rebellious thoughts of him, giving him trouble every chance you got. Mm-hmm. Now, that was Rusty. <laughs> he had his back oh, turned wow. to God out of that grief that he had. Mm. The rest of the verse you- reads, but now, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, it's one thing to to read a verse that says giving God trouble, but when you're the parents, it's you that, you, you're you the one that gets, gets all the trouble, too, when your kids mess up. I know, I know, and it's heartbreaking. It really is. Oh. And you, you beat yourself up feeling like you're this horrible parent and, you, you know, what could I have done different? What could I have changed? And, mm-hmm. and. And that's okay if you can find some things that you need to improve on. That's all right. But I always thought, too, I remember thinking that if uh, Billy Graham could have a son that went the wrong direction, that, you know, gosh, maybe it wasn't all my fault. I remember thinking that. Gosh, that's Um, encouraging, isn't it? People make their own choices. They really do. And um, so, but if there's a place where you felt like you really were wrong, you did something really wrong, you need to ask of a person, that child, for forgiveness. So that you can heal and they can heal. I love it that you say that because I hear people say, well, kids have a a will of their own. And what they're really saying is as a parent, they don't have control over their child, which I agree with. But I also know parents have a will of their own. (laughs) And so, you know, I really love it that that you're so clear that people can... Parents sometimes need to ask forgiveness, too, and it's okay to do that. We need to. We need to model that. Sometimes we need to forgive ourselves, you know. Yes. Oh, I can tell you stories of things that I yelled when I shouldn't have or whatever with the kids, and I had to forgive myself. And and that goes back to the compartmentalizing the pain. The mom part of me Mm -hmm. had to forgive myself. You know, yeah. the Christian part of me, you know, God has a plan. He knows he's got mm-hmm. it. But, boy, that mom part of me needed, I needed to forgive myself. Um, the mom wow. part of me needed to forgive Rusty for certain things that he had done. And uh, because I wanted to go into the courtroom. I wanted to meet with the lawyers. I wanted to mm-hmm. go into the jail with wisdom. And if I was hurting, that was going to cloud my judgment. So I really was tried to be real quick to forgive uh, whoever because that clouds your judgment and you can't think straight. <coughs> so it's really important to to get the hurt and process all that pain and that hurt so that you can have the wisdom that you need uh, to get through that tough stuff. Well, I'm so proud of y'all. It's amazing to me what you've been able to do. Lori, I want to know how God turned that into a new kind of life for Rusty. Do you mind sharing? Right. So the rest of that verse, Colossians 1.22, says, But now, by giving himself completely at the cross, actually dying for you, Christ brought you over to God's side. Put your lives together, whole and holy, in his presence. You don't walk away from a gift like that. So that's the scripture. That's where Rusty, that's the 180. Um, where he turned his life over to God, and uh, he hasn't walked away from it, that's for sure. It's going strong. I think it's kind, so of, they, it's kind of sweet. Go you, got, you got from 121, cell 121, to 180 ministry. Yes. Y'all yeah. are kind of a, a numbers family. 
Yeah, it is. And a 180 is a complete turnaround, just like that scripture said. And, and, um, but, but you know, all, this has all been a process, but I know there's other families that they're, maybe their kids have been in jail for, you know, 10, 12, 15 years, and you get weary and you feel hopeless. Um, but like I said earlier in that first segment that God loves your children more than you do, and he, it's never too late. I see the men and women coming out of Rusty's program, and they're in their 40s or their 50s, mm. and they do a turnaround, and it's never too late. And God restores their, their um, families, and they are so broken up with what they've done to their own children most of the time. But God restores those families, and uh, yeah. it's just so beautiful when you turn your life over to Christ and let him do it his way. One thing, uh, I'm, one thing I've noticed is kids, I mean, I because because of the post-abortion ministry that I've been involved in, I've heard all these stories, so many stories from people, and a lot of them are really sad. But one thing I've noticed, no matter what people experience with their parents, they have a desire to have a relationship that is good with their parents. That may not always be possible, but that's what they hope for and wish for. So I think there's some some hope in that when your kids have gone so far afield from what your family really intended to be and and the family values that you cherish, I think there's some hope in that idea that kids will seek to have a good relationship with their parents at some point if they can, if they live long enough, you know. Right, and one thing that I learned that's might be helpful with that kind of situation too is to put your expectations of what God wants to do in their life. So if you're longing for that restoration and it hasn't happened, stop putting your expectation in that other person to respond the way you want them to. Put your expectation into what God wants uh, in your life and in their life. And then you won't always, then you won't be that disappointed because whatever happens, you know, God is working. Yeah. So many times we put our expectations in our kids, and or they put their expectations in us as parents, and guess what? Disappointment over and over. Man, I'm so, writing that down, Lori. That's good stuff. Yeah, expectations. Um, put those expectations in what God's doing, not in that person or the situation. That, that and, uh, is great. Because, I, you're going to see that as a meme. <laughs> <laughs> It, it diffuses. It diffuses um, the disappointment that we have, and yeah. unrelenting disappointment, you know, makes the heart sick. So uh, I call that depression. Yeah. Well, when yeah. we come back, we're, we have about two minutes till we have to go to break. Uh, I always love to thank my sponsor, Home Instead. They're so good to us. But when we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about. Some of the things that families need to know if this happens around you, like so many of my questions have to do with how I can minister to other families that are experiencing this particular kind of pain. So when we come back, we'll talk about that a little bit more. In the meantime, I want my listening friends, I want you all to know that Lori Bereff is a wonderful speaker. She's a a writer and has all kinds of of tools and things available on her website, website, Lori Bereff. L-O-R-I-B-O-R-U-F-F dot com. And I'm going to give you her, the name of her son's ministry when we come back. That I don't think I have. Well, maybe I have time. His 
his ministry is 180.org, and it's spelled out, 180.org, as in making it, turning 180 degrees and making a change in your life. So 180.org. Stay with us. We're going to talk some more to Lori when we get back. We don't want to miss a moment at Fireside Talk Radio, so stay tuned for more adventures as we talk about the things women store and ponder in their hearts. More truth with a Texas twang when we return. You ought to see my blue-eyed Sally. She lives way down on Shimbone Alley. The number on the gate and the number on the door in the next house over is a grocery store. a dynamic woman? Sandra Beck and Linda Crater host Dynamic Women Talk Radio, bringing lively weekly shows in a roundtable format with influential guests from around the globe. This amazing tribe of diverse and accomplished women share their candid views on topics such as reputation, handling rejection, loyalty, what is sexy, overthinking, blended families, and much more. Discussions are joyful, with freedom to address topics from various perspectives with candor, respect, and no judgment. These are the conversations you wish you could have with all your family and friends. Dynamic women have lived their lives boldly, with unexpected and sometimes undesired turns in the road of life. Yet detours and bumps bring opportunity, personal growth, more authenticity, and a fresh outlook. Join our welcoming tribe of Dynamic Women each Tuesday at 12 p.m. Eastern Time, also on iTunes, and more information at dynamicwomentalkradio.com. Celebrating vibrant, charismatic women everywhere. Join the millions of women each month who listen to Wise Health for Women Radio. Women are pressed daily to give more, learn more, and be more, often at the expense of mind, body, or spirit. Join us for revitalizing conversations on fresh ways to view your limited time, encouraging new, healthier perspectives. You provide a special spark to those around you, and you manage many roles. Entrepreneur, mom, wife, coach, friend, daughter, and more. Here's a great way to inspire and nurture you. On Wise Health for Women Radio, host Linda Crater and her amazing guests share how to move toward your wishes and dreams and find what is possible in your busy life. If not today, then when? Take steps to flourish over 40. Join us on Wise Health for Women Radio, Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, on iTunes, and more at wisehealthforwomenradio.com. Helping women thrive. We want to thank our generous sponsors for making these candid conversations possible at Fireside Talk Radio, where we talk openly about the things women store and ponder in their hearts, where truth and Texas twang meet. Hey, we're back with Lori Baruff, and she's been talking about her experiences and what she learned from them and how we can minister to families who have a child who has been arrested and may be incarcerated for some time. And so and the rest of her story is her son has started this wonderful ministry that allows uh, people who have been in prison when they get out to have a, a place, a transitional home, and then because it's so hard to get uh, apartments to look 
least two people with a record, then they've also started buying houses and providing that kind of service for people who are trying to re-enter society. And the name of that ministry is 180.org. And the other thing about you that I didn't think to share earlier on this show is, Lori, you are one of three owners of this amazing ministry called Christian Communicators. And I was so fortunate to be in the class of 2018. And and you and I both love stories. So would you share, like, when does your application process open? And if people are interested, what's the best way they can, if they want to learn to share their stories and to begin to speak out in public, what, how, what would you recommend they do to get a hold of you guys? I think the best thing that someone can do if you're interested in sharing your story with more confidence or wanting to learn how to put it together, sometimes where our stories are so big we don't know how to even, where to start. But if you're interested in sharing your story, learning how to do that, go to our website, christiancommunicators.com, and sign up for our email list. Yeah. That's where we will send out the notification when our registration opens. We're looking at a spring, possibly a spring uh, training. And so just we'll notify everybody when registration opens. It's a limited spot. We only, you know, keep it under 40. So, uh, it, you know, it fills up fast. I, I want to so, say I, I felt so privileged to be accepted into this year's class. I, I'm just going to go. I feel like wearing a badge that says I'm a member of the class of 2018 (laughs) and that's where we met i mean in so many ways i was blessed because of being at that opportunity to be at that conference this year so it's an annual conference and it's limited and that was one reason i applied because i definitely wanted to be in a smaller group i knew the kind of intense training i wanted so i was not disappointed that was a great training segment for me i'm very proud of that badge so thank you well, for that, it was, Lori. It was a joy to have you there, and a big part of what comes out of the CCC is the networking that we can do to work together. We're not competing with each other. No. We're out there to work together and build the kingdom and share the stories. I so loved it. It's, I, it's I felt, perfect. I felt so called to do what I can to put out positive messages in our culture and talk about things that are hard to talk about. But I was so relieved to find other people there. In fact, just the fact that you have the story you had to share, I've been praying for somebody to come on and talk about that who was already through the process and could encourage other women, other mothers who may have sons arrested today even. So I was looking for somebody that had already been through the process, that had wisdom, that had been able to process that, hold their family together. Let's talk a little bit about that. Since we only have a few minutes left, I want to ask you, as far as the strain on your marriage, how did you deal with that? Well, that's a good, it it is a strain. It is a strain on marriage. I I I handled it one way and he handled it another way. And I just had to understand and accept that he was handling it in his own way. I couldn't make him get through it faster. I couldn't make him, you know, respond the way I wanted him to because he did it in his own way. And I just accepted that. And I worried about working on my heart, keeping my heart healed and whole through the whole process Mm. and it comes back to that saying that we said earlier you know what god loves my husband 
more than I do. Wow. So I just had to put him in the Lord's hands. Um, I was there to support him and everything. When I didn't feel like I was getting the support that I wanted, I was like, I practice forgiveness. I'm like, I'm okay. God, you've got him. I'll just work Mm -hmm. on my heart. And I think it, it, it just kept bringing us closer and closer together because I wasn't, I wasn't operating out of a wounded heart all the time. I was well, operating out of a healed heart. Speaking of wounded hearts, speaking of wounded hearts, um, if I if I go to church this Sunday and they announce from the pulpit that one of my friend's sons has been arrested, what would you want me, or what would what would be the thing that you know that mother needs to to know? Like, how can she take care of herself, and how can her friends encourage her? I think that one of the most hurtful things is not doing or saying anything, like uh-huh. ignoring it, <laughs> you know, oh, just wow. being silent. That's hurtful. It really is. And if you can, I love every once in a while, not very often, we get a card in the mail. I'm praying for you. We're thinking of you. Mm. Uh, you know, it's that hug. It's that, you know, sometimes maybe even a meal if they know they've got a tough day ahead. I don't know. It's just, I don't know if you need to to say just the right thing, but not saying anything at all hurts worse, I think. Wow, that's so great. Somehow acknowledge it. You know what? Acknowledge it in some way. One one thing I think is important is learning to ask the right questions. And I've noticed that with my kids. Early on, were there things that you wish you'd caught with your son? Like, what questions would you recommend for moms of younger? kids maybe they have a maybe they have a death in the family and they know it's going to hurt or slam the heart of their son who's 10 or 11 what would you recommend they do i really it it comes back down to that what part of your heart's hurting um that is like a major question what part of you hurts right now is it the friend part is it the the little you know the little boy part of your heart what part of your heart hurts? And if they can recognize and acknowledge that, because uh, it's confusing, because it, especially if they're in a home where there's faith and there's God and there's church and everything, that, uh, you know, you think you you should just get through this fine, you know, mm. that, you know, I need to be strong. Well, what part of you is feeling weak? What part of you wants to cry all the time? Mm. And if you can just, and not only having that conversation with your child, but you can pray for that part of your child's heart. That's mm. like a laser prayer for your your kid. Now, I didn't know this at the time we went through his eighth grade year, but mm-hmm. later on, when I discovered it, I'm like, um, you know, I'm going to pray for that that 13-year-old part of his heart that's hurting. You know, I'm praying for that 13-year-old part of his heart that's angry at God. I know you mentioned and, in, the, in, in another episode... Oh, sorry. I know you mentioned in another episode that that um, you realized later that grief was probably the trigger that allowed him to begin to act out, and and so that acting out or the bad decision making was part of his signal, maybe. To is, can that be a like you said that was a common thread among the men that he ministers to now that they have some extreme loss in their childhood. It was. I. It was my aha moment when I asked that question. 
sitting around a table with all these guys that have come out of prison yeah. and they were telling their stories and, and grief was the common thread. We're so- every single story. And I continue to ask that question and I continue to see that as a threat. Yeah. So were some of the stories about grief, were they more about having parents that were kind of not good parents or like, is it half and half or, or how, how does, how does that, how do those stories look when you hear them or sound? What, what are the stories it, like? Yeah, it was a combination. Some of them were like Rusty's. I grew up in this good home. I went to church, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and, and then so-and-so was killed or whatever. Uh, other stories were uh, mom and dad got divorced and mm-hmm. dad left. Mm-hmm. Well, that's still a form of grief. It's a lot yeah. Yeah. in their life. Uh, you know, a lot, I found a lot of them raised by their grandparents Mm. and so grandma died, you know, maybe grandma and grandpa died. So it was just a combination, but it always came down to grief. You know, what's interesting about this to me, I had John Drury on recently and he did a show about significance and men who feel insignificant, even though they're very successful. And he said part of, he's wildly successful man out in West, the West Coast, an author, but he told me that he began to feel insignificant and he traced his grief back to his parents arguing. And I was so convicted by that. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So, I, you know, it's not like a, par- a married couple is going to argue sometimes. I'm sorry. We just are. But we have to go back and then show our children how it looks when we have confidence in our relationships. So uh, hopefully my kids got that lesson as well, you know. But anyway, I thought that was really valuable what he shared. And it seems to tie in with what you're sharing we have about two minutes left. This is going to go quick. Do you have one big takeaway that you want to shout out to anybody who may be listening today? I think uh, I could come up with several takeaways, but if I had to pick one, uh, I would say, you know, just be in prayer. You know, oh. that pray scripture. You don't go, can't go wrong praying scripture. Pray, pray believing prayers. Pray that Thank you, God, that you are working in my son's life, my daughter's mm-hmm. life. Thank you that you are, that we always have hope because we have you. Um, thank you that you've, like that scripture, you've brought my son over to God's life through your death on the cross. Mm. Uh, you know, it's um, because what we see with our physical eyes isn't always what's going on. God's working. Mm. And I was reminded that constantly what I saw wasn't really what was going on. I had to see with the eyes of my heart. Well, that and, is, um, that's so beautiful. What a wonderful way to end a program. Thank you so much for that. I can't wait well, to put that in the title. That's beautiful. <laughs> Thank you, you know, for being that, on the show that today. Is he Thank is. Thank you for allowing me to share my story. I appreciate it. Oh, it's such a treat. And we just want you to remember you can find all these and more at kathycraffy.com or lauriebereff.com. Thank you for joining us today where we speak truth with a Texas twang about the very things that touch our hearts. Thank you for joining us today, and we will see you again next week. Oh, fellow. Got in.